Um, last week we started in Matthew chapter 16. And if you can remember, the Pharisees and the Sadducees were working together, which was sort of odd considering that they were uh, politically against each other. But they went to Jesus and they asked him to give them a sign from heaven and he pretty much ignored them, wrote them off, and, and, and just sort of went on their way. He had this interaction with them and he pretty much says, no, I'm not going to do that, and he just leaves. And so we're picking up uh, with that uh, in uh, verse chapter 5 in Matthew 16, and we're just going to dive into the text. And it says this, it says, when they went across the lake, the disciples forgot to take the bread. Uh, remember, before that interaction, uh, they had the miracle of feeding the 4,000, okay? And so it's almost like an instant replay, a carbon copy of feeding the 5,000, where the, they, they have this mass of people, and the disciples, again, after seeing Jesus already feeding the 5,000, are like, oh, what do we do? And they have Jesus with them. They already saw him do this, multiply fish and bread, and he does it again. And there were even leftovers, and, and so as we're picking up that, it, we're coming off the tail of that. And so they went across the lake. The disciples forgot to take the bread. Uh, and Jesus says to them, be careful, Jesus said to them, be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. They discussed it amongst themselves and said, it's because we didn't bring any bread. Aware of the discussion, Jesus asked, you of little faith, why are you talking amongst yourselves about having no bread? Do you still not understand don't you remember the five loaves for the 5,000 and how many basketfuls you gathered or the seven loaves for the 4,000 and how many basketfuls you gathered? How is it then you don't understand that I was not talking to you about bread, but be on guard against the yeast of the Pharisees and the Sadducees? Then they understood that he was not telling them to guard against the yeast used in bread, but against the teaching of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Uh, I find this interesting that this, this happens all the time with Jesus and his disciples. Jesus is talking about something spiritual, and the disciples, just, it just goes over their head. And it's something that happens constantly and constantly. And here, they finally, it, they get it. They're a little slow, but they get it. Uh, and they realize that he's not talk, what he is actually talking about. Not this bread, but the idea of the, the beliefs and the teachings of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And so if we remember, uh, throughout Jesus' ministry, he sort of has these antagonists, these religious antagonists that are just always present. And I was trying to think of a good comparison of what it would be like. Um, and so I was trying to think of like pop culture uh, protagonists and antagonists and what would be a great one. And I was thinking like, you know, Joker and the Batman, something like that, who's, oh, they're always at odds, you know? But that's a little too diabolical and too, like, good guy, bad it, it, it didn't fit. The one thing I could think of is sort of like the Pharisees are the Newman to the Jerry Seinfeld. They're like always there. They're always, they're just always pre present. And it's <sighs> Newman. That type of, it's that type of thing where they're just annoying. Um, and so as we go on, we see that Jesus uh, tells their religious beliefs and calls them uh, 
uh, yeast. And this isn't the first time he's used that example. If you can think back a few weeks ago when we were in Matthew 13, Jesus also uses yeast uh, in a parable. Uh, but that time he was talking about the kingdom of God and, and, and his kingdom and how we are to uh, uh, liken the kingdom of God to yeast that was put in flour and, and it was able to make it rise. And so he uses uh, this parable this phrase in, in Matthew 13 to show how the word of God can be used to expand the kingdom. Well, now, um, when he uses yeast right now, it's a symbol of false teaching. And he uses this to show how the false teachings of the Pharisees can spread throughout the entire synagogue just the way the yeast spreads negatively and it spreads negatively impacting the people. And so we have this idea of, of this false teaching, and if we allow it to uh, move throughout, it can damage the way people believe. Just like yeast, once it's in the dough, I don't know what the technical term, I'm not a baker, but in the lump of dough, I think that's the technical word, right? The clump, lump, I don't know. But once it's in there, it starts working, and there's not really anything you can do to separate it out again. And so that's the picture that Jesus is painting here when he talks about the, the religious beliefs of the Pharisees and Sadducees and to be careful about uh, them. And so let's dive into uh, a little bit what it is they actually believed and who were the uh, Pharisees and who were the Sadducees that Jesus warned about. And we're going to also look at what are modern-day Pharisees and Sadducees. And so let's, we're going to start with the Sadducees. And, and talk a little bit about, I know we, last week we touched a little bit uh, on what they believed, but we're going we're gonna to go through that and look at that a little more in depth. And the Sadducees in, uh, in Jesus' day, they were a religious and political group noted for its liberalism. Uh, they had many powerful people in the priesthood. Um, they insisted that the only parts of the scriptures to... Um, that should be followed were the first five books of the Bible, the Pentateuch. And so Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Everything else was just sort of extra in there, but the things that really needed to be obeyed were just those first five books. Um, they rejected traditions of elders. Uh, they did not believe in the resurrection of spirits and angels. Uh, they didn't believe in rewards or punishment after death, and so they didn't believe in he uh, heaven or hell. And so they were very humanistic in the way they lived their life. Um, they didn't know the scriptures, um, and they didn't really know uh, the power of God. They were influenced by rationalism. And so if that, were, that was the Sadducees in Jesus' day, now let's sort of translate that into modern day and present day Sadducees. And um, a great way to describe it, uh, people like that today is they take license with the Bible. And what do I mean by that? They choose what to accept and what to reject. Just like the Sadducees in Jesus' day only believed in the first five books of the Bible, there are people today, religious people today, who just sort of pick and choose what they like to believe. 
some parts, oh, that sounds good, I'll believe that. Ooh, I don't necessarily agree with that. And they start to rationalize things and they say, well, God really didn't mean that. Uh, there's some people who look at the Bible and they only look, my Bible here, the words of Jesus are in red. So they'll, they'll only adhere to the red letters of the Bible. There's others who, um, who just accept the words of Jesus and really not the apostles. But the idea is that there's people present day teaching that what they can believe and what they can reject. Another characteristic is they accept human reason over divine revelation. This, uh, many will not accept the biblical uh, doctrines unless they make sense to them. Um, this is a dangerous position to hold since God, uh, in, in 1 Corinthians says, he, God has chosen to confound the wise and the arrogant with the foolishness of the gospel message. And so what we believe, what the Bible teaches sometimes for, for very smart people, humanly speaking, is just absurd. Um, and also, people will uh, have a hard time understanding um, some, some of God's power that is shown through the Bible as well. Uh, they'll reject any doctrine or any promises of the scriptures that are not physically possible, humanistically speaking. This is a problem when it comes to the creation of the world, the virgin birth of Jesus, the miracles of Jesus, and his resurrection. So that's what it looks like today. Um, and some, some tendency that you will hear is they'll put an extreme emphasis that God is love. Well, God is love. God is love. And it's true. God is love. We're not going to deny that. Uh, but we cannot ignore that also God has given us commandments and a frame, framework in which we live. Uh, Ephesians 4.14 describes them saying, then uh, describe these people as, we will no longer be infants talk, uh, tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceiving schemes. Um, spiritually speaking, those people are individually empty. God has given us commandments or rules, and those provide definition for our lives. A great example of this is, is sports. I, I, I happen to love sports. Um, we can look at soccer, for example. I know not everybody's here in soccer. I lived in South America, so soccer is a big part of it. You take the sport of soccer, and we know enough to follow this illustration. The moment you start picking up the ball and throwing it into the goal and saying it counts for five points, you're not playing soccer anymore. Rules and commandments are necessary. For those of you who don't follow sports, don't like sports, maybe you like music. There are rules in music. I just can't go over to the keyboard and just start bashing away and say it's beautiful. You have to follow the rules. 
I know enough to say if I play one, three, five, that's a major chord. And within those rules, you can create beautiful works of art. We cannot ignore that God has given us rules and commandments. So with this idea, with this, these Sadducees, what happens is you end up, um, they reject the idea as the source of absolute truth. And when we throw out absolute truth, the only answer is human reasoning. And that's a very dangerous place to go. And so this is what present-day, the the idea, the yeast of the present-day Sadducees manifests today. And this is what Jesus is warning against. And I have some questions um, that I want to ask. And maybe, maybe this will be an examination if some of that yeast has infiltrated how you believe or what you believe. And so some of those questions are is, do you put relationships over righteousness? Do you put relationships over righteousness? Do you associate with people that just really are not good influences on you? Second question, do you enjoy pleasures over biblical principles? And these don't have to be anything super sinful. I, I get convicted of this sometimes too when I know I should be doing something. I should be reading. I should be studying. There's something that I should be doing. But you know what? There's a game on. <laughs> Another thing, uh, and this, this one cut me deep. It says, Do you, is your comfort more important than your conformity to Christ? See, these Sadducees were known to compromise and really do uh, whatever to advance in power, uh, to advance to make money. They were the changer, uh, the money changers in the temple. Those were the Sadducees, and so they were just worried about what they get out of life instead of living according to what God has said. And so that, that is the yeast of the Sadducees. And there's a second group here, the yeast of the Pharisees. And it, we have this one extreme over here, and then the, the Pharisees are this other extreme, the other swing of the pendulum. And the Pharisees in Jesus' day were uh, a religious, religious and political group noted for its conservatism, they were strict observers of the law of Moses and also adopted the traditions of elders. So we had the Sadducees who sort of picked and choose what they wanted to obey. The Pharisees obeyed everything, and then on top of that, they developed traditions, and they obeyed those traditions. And so these people were sticklers for the rules. Man, did they love rules. I don't know if you have any kids that sort of follow, fall in these. I have a firstborn who loves rules and he gets so ticked off when no one else obeys the rules. I don't know if you're like that, if you can identify with that. Um, but there are people like that. And so um, Jesus described these people as blind leaders leading the blind. Now I do want to say one thing. Jesus' beef with the Pharisees was never because of their strict adherence to the law itself. 
Uh, and in fact, Jesus does say that uh, you know you're my disciple because you follow my commands. His beef with, with them is that they were telling everybody else to follow the, the commands and doing whatever they wanted. They were holding people to the standard that was impossible for them to do. Uh, they were hypocrites, teaching one thing and practicing another. They did their works to be seen by men. They loved the attention and special treatment by others. They wore their religious titles. Um, they just tried to ma- changing behavior and behavior modification. It just doesn't work. They tried to regulate people instead of searching for a heart change on the inside. They were hypocrites. And so, uh, what do modern Pharisees, modern day Pharisees look like? The present day Pharisees. Well, they teach and practice traditions of men instead of the commandments of God. In fact, Matthew 15, 9 says this, They worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human rules. And so, uh, that is a characteristic as of, of the Pharisees. You have to do this and this, and they keep adding on things to do, but it has nothing to do with what Jesus taught. The Pharisees exalted the law. And today when we do that, that is called legalism. Legalism. That means if you do this and this and you complete this checklist of things that you do, that means you are a spiritual person. And that is nothing further from the truth. Because you can read your Bible every day, you can memorize scripture, you can go to church every day, and on the inside you can be spiritually rotten. That is a description of a Pharisee today. Now, rules are necessary and good for us, but when they are taken too far, they are wrong. And so with uh, the Pharisees, they have this tendency to condemn the sinner and just suppress the flesh. And so they like to look and they like to point fingers and point fingers and point fingers, but they don't care what's going on on the inside. They just want uh, the sinful nature that we have, they just want to suppress that and push that down and hide it. There's no internal change. So I want to give an example of some uh, spiritual disciplines, and we're going to look at this. When, when we see these spiritual disciplines, and these are things, these are all biblical principles and things that we find in the Bible that I think everybody in here will agree with that these are good things that we need to be doing. If we are Christ followers, we should be participating in this. But if we go at it with a legalistic mindset, how off whack it can become. And I just want to name a few uh, disciplines, if you will. And the first one I want to talk about is daily reading. I don't think anybody in here who's a Christ follower is going to say, you shouldn't read your Bible every day. No, it is something that we should probably do. Uh, But with legalism, it is a requirement You have to or else. Um, It is a requirement. 
The second thing is uh, with scripture memory. Yes, we should probably, you know, memorize scripture. The Bible says in, in, in Psalms 111:17, it says, In my heart I have hid your words so I might not sin against you. You know, we should do that. But uh, if we do it with a legalistic mindset, it's about just filling our head with knowledge. Uh, serving others. I think we can all agree that serving others is a good thing, but when we do it with a legalistic mindset, it's about glorifying ourselves. And look what I did. We have this hero complex, and yes, it makes us feel good. And we, we did that. Being faithful to church, if we are being legalistic, it is an obligation. Oh, it's six o'clock. Oh, I have to go to church. If not, God will not, God won't love me if I go to church. Let me just say this. If you go to church or if you don't go to church, God will not love you any more or any less. But when we think about and we have a, a legalistic mindset, it becomes an obligation and something that we have to do. The last one is accountability. The Bible talks about ironing, sharpening iron, and, and giving account to people and, and um, spurring people on to be better, to improve. And if we're being legalistic, it's about control. Well, why, what's, what, what's it matter? Why, why does he want to know if I read my Bible today? He just wants to guilt me? Hang it over me? I, why? So if we're being legalistic about it, we're going to think that uh, the accountability is just so people can have this control over us. Legalistic mindsets breeds hypocrisy. And so just like I gave some questions to see if, if we were falling, if we were being susceptible to the yeast of the Sadducees, I have some questions to, to ask about um, the yeast of the Pharisees. And it says, uh, the first question is this. It says, do, the, do you do these things because of obligation and not devotion? Are you seeking um, uniformity from others and not unity? Do you just want everybody to do the same thing and be the same thing? And we all act like robots here at church. We come in, we, good evening brother, and we come in and we sit down and everybody's the same. Do you live according to the results or by principles? You know, there's this, this phrase, does the end justify the means? You know, if... <sighs> have you compromised yourself to be able to gain, to obtain your goal? Spiritually speaking, you can't. You can't. That is a pharisaical way of thinking. So we see that Jesus uses yeast to re represent the false teachings of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And it's so easy 
And I think just with the questions, we can see how easy it is for those beliefs to creep in. And I think that's why Jesus is just is laying this warning down to be careful of that yeast. Because it's something that uh, is very easy to slip into. And we've seen how it can spread. And, and we've seen the results because when we take the license to choose what we believe or what we want to believe or, and pick and choose parts of the Bible that we want to obey, we see that license plus human reasoning equals spiritually empty individuals. But on the other side of the pendulum, if we take legalism, and the only thing that legalism will produce is spiritual arrogance because look what I did. Look, I'm not that bad. I've done this and this and this and this person, pff, I'm better than them. And so it breeds spirit, spiritual arrogance. And the only result from that is hypocrisy. So what is the answer? What is the answer? In John 8, 31 and 32, it says this, To the Jews who had believed in him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. If you hold to my teachings, it's pretty much saying, If you hold to my word, if you obey my commandments, then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. It gives freedom. Now you say, Derek, how can rules provide freedom? Well, that's a, that's a sort of a humanistic way to think. It provides guardrails, and, and just like in sports, you have these rules, and within these rules, you're allowed to play the game how you want. You know, you can... You can throw down the soccer ball and you can see different ways how people play soccer. Uh, to contextualize this for, for America, you can play the spread offense, you can play the wishbone, you can the eye formation, four wide, two tight ends, however you want to do it. However God has created you, you can live that way within the framework that he has given us. And that is freedom. What are we free from? We're free from sin. And we're free from the things that have burdened us. Anytime, if you want to see how the world has messed up, it is because some individual has decided to break God's word. So we have this freedom. We have liberty plus honoring God's word, and that equals a life of holiness. It exalts the Lord. And when we understand the balance between both extremes, on the one side we have uh, the Sadducees living by, with license, picking and choosing of what to obey and what to not to obey. And then we have the other side is just living through legalism, and you have to do, 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 do. But in the middle, we can find freedom. We, uh, living in the center, it considers that we are sinners. It's realizing that we are sinners, and we look to crucify the flesh. 
So going back uh, with those Christian, those spiritual disciplines that I listed earlier, you know, I talked about what it looks like if we live through the lens of legalism. What does it look like if we uh, take those ideas through liberty, through freedom? It looks like this daily Bible reading, instead of becoming a requirement, it's about having a relationship with God. It is our time to hear from God. You see the difference? We are desiring, we, we, are, we are coming to God and we are hearing from Him. With scripture memory, instead of filling our head, we are filling our heart with God's Word. A lot of times you, think, you hear about how people can go and hear and be under biblical training and they just make stupid decisions afterwards. Or it's, it's because they've had the knowledge here but not here. You know, the difference between a changed life sometimes is 18 inches, you know, the information here instead of it coming here. Serving others was about glorifying ourselves, but when we are, when we are doing it in accordance to what God believes, it's giving glory to God. And faithfulness to a church, instead of being an obligation. It is our opportunity to exercise our gifts and our talents and our, our abilities that he's given us within the church. We have an opportunity to serve God in our church. And instead of accountability being about control and we're thinking about, well, why do they care? Why do they care? <laughs> Just leave me alone. Instead of it being about control, it becomes about bringing change into our lives and not just behavior modification but really a heart change and so just like with the other two mindsets with the the yeast of the sadducees and the yeast of the pharisees i asked a couple of questions i have one question to end to to leave you guys with and it is do you enjoy your personal relationship with God or do you just put up with it is it something that you enjoy is it something that you you cultivate is it something that you're trying to invest in any relationship takes investment and I'm not just talking about romantic relationship a friendship takes investment you have to put in the time you have to put in the effort you know, sometimes I get a call from a friend, hey, you want to come hang out? Oh, but I'm tired. You still have to put in the time. And it's the same thing with your relationship with God. You have to put in the time. If it is a relationship, you will put in your side of the, in, 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 uh, the relationship. Or do you see God as that one friend? Little, well, I guess I haven't hung out with him in a while. I I should probably do that. Yeah, it's been a while. I should probably just catch up. Do you enjoy your personal relationship with God or do you just put up with it? Another question we can finish with too is, do you even have a relationship with God? Do you, have a, do you know what it means to have a relationship with God? And having a relationship as, with God is just simply agreeing with him that you know what i'm a sinner and i cannot get to heaven on my own 
but you provided a way when you died on the cross for me and, you, and, and it took away my sins. And it's just agreeing with God that you're a sinner and trusting that he has saved you, that he's provided the way and just putting your faith in him and only him to save you. Because we've seen with the Pharisees, they like to do things and that leads to nothing. There's nothing we can do to gain favor with God. There's nothing we can do to gain favor with God. It's only because he died for our sins that we can enter into a relationship with him. And so if you don't have a relationship with God, I just challenge you tonight that tonight would be the night to do that. I challenge you to come talk to me, come talk to someone else you've seen here on stage, but don't leave here not having a relationship with God. And if you're here and you realize that you are really just putting up with God, let this be the night to where you just sort of cut that yeast out of your life. And that you can enter into a, enjoy the freedom that God provides. And in, in Matthew 11, verses 28 to 30, it says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. And you will find rest in your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. With the, if you are thinking like the Pharisees, it, it is a lot of work to have to do, 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 and perform. A relationship with God is not like that. He just wants your heart. He just wants to spend time with you. And all those things that we talk about is, is a byproduct of that relationship. Don't let the yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees get in the way of your relationship with God. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for your word. Lord, help us just to lean on your word, to take what you've given us, to study it, to not pick and choose, Lord, but just understand the freedom that you give us through your word. Father, I pray for uh, anyone right now, Lord, who doesn't have a relationship with you or who doesn't know you, Lord, that today will be the day that they just submit to you and your ways. And Father, I pray for the people in here who are just struggling with uh, and, and going through the motions or feeling obligated or, or just feel this burden, Lord. Uh, Father, help them realize that that burden is not from you, but it's from a a false mindset, Lord. It's from a dangerous uh, belief that's not true. Father, help us to just enjoy who you are and cultivate that relationship. Lord, I thank you again for your love and your grace. And we pray this all in your son's name. Amen.